Hello guys, welcome to the next episode of the Challenge Tour podcast and today it's going to be just a shorter episode relating to the draw previews for the first four challengers of the season. In the first week of 2024 we only get four challengers, well only, it's like the average probably, right? One of them in Canberra, one of them in Numea, the uh, New Caledonia uh, challenger. There's also Nontaburi in Thailand, a very famous venue already for... <laughs> Uh, for the Challenger Tour and likewise as well with Oeiras so definitely some nice tradition already building up here uh, we've got the um, Challenger 50 in Oeiras, Challenger 75 in Nontaburi, Challenger 100 in Numea and Challenger 125 in Canberra so almost every, well, all the major categories let's say are represented and yeah, let's just talk about that I hope you enjoyed the off-season content we didn't actually get an off-season on the show of course uh, every week you've got an episode and yeah let's just keep going uh, this as I said will be a little shorter well probably a lot shorter because we have no tennis to talk about yet however we do have tennis to preview to analyze the draws and just like last year even though it's not a competition anymore I know obviously uh, when Jakub was on the show we were sort of having this ranking you know f- throughout the year of who gets the most winner picks right but I'm going to keep that going, even though the points don't really matter anymore. I'm going to uh, try to predict uh, who is the favorite for a certain challenger event. And we'll see um, how many I managed to get right. I think last year I didn't actually did the, I didn't actually do the math. I'm sorry, because I uh, when Well, basically, when Jakub um, died, he, he, he had the list. I, I do have access to it. However, since like July or I think it was in August. So since August, uh, the list has not been updated. So I don't know how many points exactly I got. I can tell you that uh, I was tied on points with Jakub when he was on the show. Then I got like 10 or something. So I think from 196 events last year, I managed to get like 35-ish peaks, right? I think it's a good rate. Uh, it's, it's quite healthy uh, to me. Um, well, I'm going to keep trying to, to get the highest possible percentage, even though, as I said, it doesn't really matter anymore because it's not a competition. But in my head, I still treat it as a, as a competition. Like, I, I want to get as many as I can, right? Anyway, uh, let's start with the biggest one, as usual. So, ch- the Canberra uh, Challenger 125. Marton Fucevic is the defending champion, but, of course, he's ranked a lot higher right now than he than he was at the beginning of 2023, so he's not playing here. The top seed, we have Dominic Kepfer playing Zacharis Faida in the opening round. That's pretty spicy. I mean, Faida is probably one of the players this year that a lot of people will be, like, looking at when they're playing, you know, events like this, when they're not just playing US challengers to sort of see how they fare in different settings as well. Then you have Sumit Nagal playing a qualifier, Lloyd Harris, Filip Misolic, uh, Adam Walton, David Goffin, that's a really good one right away as well. Uh, Facundo Diaz Acosta is the third seed in a hardcore challenger, so, well, he could be vulnerable. Uh, he plays a qualifier, and then Gabriel Diallo faces Juan Manuel Cerundolo. On hardcourts, seems like a pretty easy matchup for Diallo, but we'll see. There's also Luca Nardi, the seventh seed, playing Pavle Marinkov and then Emilio Nava or a qualifier. Bottom half, we have Alex Molchan playing a qualifier. He can face Menchik or Hassan. That's an exciting one as well. Uh, Damir Junhur plays Artur Rindernech. Rindernech is the fourth seed, and then one of them will face Veseli or a qualifier. We also have Mo Aydukovic, 
Uh, that's also a matchup of like two players who didn't really exist in the same universe until now, right? I mean, Idukovic mostly playing clay in Europe, Mo never really playing clay other than green. Um, well, of course, when he was ranked high, he, he, he tried French Open and etc. But I mean, usually we don't really see him on the surface. Also, especially last year when he was injured in the clay season. Uh, then there's also Tristan Skulkate with a wildcard playing a qualifier. And we also have Brandon Nakashima facing the second seed Alexandre Miller. That's a rough one for the Frenchman. I wonder if Nakashima is going to continue his Danderit form, but he could be a threat here. And there's also Radu Albot playing Dino Prismic. So this is, of course, stacked. This is the highest quality draw that we have. In the qualifying, we have players like Andrea Vavasori. So a guy ranked 157 didn't make it in which already tells you a lot about the quality of the event. And the seeds are really sick. You've got Vavasori, Abdullah Shelbaich, Pablo Yamas Ruiz, Rudolf Molecker, Matteo Gigante, Francesco Maestrelli, Ilya Ivashka. You know, I could keep going. Um, probably one of the most interesting matches as well is a clash of two recent Grand Slam Junior Champions in Daniel Rincon, Alexander Blocks. I would say Blocks is the favorite to, to get that one, but we'll see. And um, yeah, out of the qualifying, I don't think I'm going to be picking anyone because, yeah, the, the main draw is just too stacked. Um, the quality of the field is, is too strong. Now, who is the favorite here? Um, that's tough to say. Uh, there are a few players who had a decent run, you know, towards the end of 2023 that make me seem uh, like, like these runs just made it make it seem like they might start 2024 on a high note as well. I'm talking of Luca Nardi, I'm talking of um, Zizou Bergs, uh, sorry, not Zizou Bergs, but um, David Goffin, of course. I don't know why I said Zizou Bergs. Perhaps I was just thinking of Nardi and Bergs at the same time, because, of course, they were both winning challengers in November. But yeah, I, I met David Goffin, Luca Nardi, uh, also Brandon Nakashima. Yeah, sure. Um, so there are a few inform players here, even if that inform, you know, you kind of have to have a question mark next to that inform thing, because you just have no clue how these guys are going to react to the offseason and, you know, how in, in what sort of shape and form they're going to be back after the um, preparations and after not uh, competing for a while. Um, so it's mostly for me about looking at these guys and thinking who has the best draw. Uh, it's certainly not Nakashima playing Miller and then Albotor Prismic, although he might as well just win the event. Like, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. I wonder how Menchik is going to be right after the break. Um, but I think for me, it kind of has to go between Goffin, Diallo, Nardi for my winner pick. Uh, they, they all have a pretty nice section, I think, for themselves. I'm going to do something a bit wild and go Gabriel Diallo here. So he plays Juan Manuel Serundolo on hard courts first up. That seems easy. Then Facundo Diaz Acosta on hard courts or a qualifier. Of course, a qualifier in this draw might actually be really tough. Uh, but given that, you know, it would be Diallo, Nardi in the quarters, that's like a 50-50 match. And if Diallo really gets there, I would like his chances to, um, to, to, to claim the title if he gets to the final four. Uh, Goffin is a, is a very fine selection as well. Probably you could go for someone like Kepfer if you really trust that he's going to beat Sfaida. I'm not so sure. I think to me it is pretty close, even though, as I said, Sfaida hasn't really been tested in these sort of settings yet. Um, also, by the way, th this just um, popped into my head because I was talking about Diallo. Um, as usual, uh, you can check out that top 100 list that I did on Twitter. It's still a pinned post on my profile. 
uh, I'm going to be referring to it throughout the year. It's basically me guessing who might break through to the top 100 in 2024 for the first time, of course, debut in the top 100. Um, we also had this episode recorded with Alex that wasn't on this particular feed. I think it was on the mini break, but if, you've, uh, if you're listening to a lot of shows from the Crack Brackets family, uh, if you may, uh, you probably have bumped into it. I think it was like on Thursday last week. So uh, if you're interested to hear us talking about more sort of younger prospects and players who haven't broken the 100 yet, certainly um, I invite you to go uh, check out that. And of course, yeah, as I said, I'm going to be referring to my list throughout the year. Uh, whenever someone breaks the top 100, maybe whenever someone is getting closer to the top 100 as well. Uh, we shall see. Um, yeah, so I think with that, we might actually finish off Canberra and go to Numea. Numea is that challenger in New Caledonia. New Caledonia, as you might know, is the, the um, overseas French territory on the um, east of Australia. Um, you know, just a little <laughs> geography lesson, I guess. I don't know why I'm doing that, but but yeah, it's a it's a famous challenger by now. Uh, it's been held for many many years, uh, basically since 2004, I believe, with a break during the pandemic stretch. But it was back already last year, and Raúl Brancaccio won it. Raúl Brancaccio is also included in the field for 2024 although by now his ranking has dropped and he's not even a seed in the draw. But anyway, the first seed is actually Richard Gasquet, and it's a very French field, perhaps because it's a French territory, but the first five seeds are French. So we've got Richard Gasquet playing Ilya Marchenko. Richard Gasquet, by the way, soon in a lot of uh, trouble, probably, because that ATP 250 that he won in Auckland, it's going to be dropping soon. And, uh, well... We all know that after that, it wasn't too clear for him. Like at the at the ATP level, especially, he was really struggling. So that that ATP 250 title, you know, by now it kind of seems like, a, well, a bit of a lucky get. But well, we'll see. Maybe he defends it. Maybe he um, actually has a good run here and then goes to Auckland as well with a lot of confidence. But anyway, he is playing Ilya Marchenko, so it's a veteran battle. Uh, then Dimitar Kuzmanov faces Giovanni Impeci Pericard. We've got Nicolas Moreno d'Alboran playing Calvin Emery and Hies Brauer playing Dalibor Strina. Hugo Gaston faces Maxim Chazal. Chazal is a staple in this challenger because he actually is from New, from, uh, New Caledonia. Uh, he has been getting a, the wildcard here, uh, you know, every single year. Hasn't really done that much with it, but, you know, it's still always interesting to, to see him here. Uh, then you've got Kirion Jokai playing a qualifier, Hugo Grenier as well playing a qualifier, Quaco faces Polmans. Uh, another fr old French battle is Arthur Cazot, Jules Marie. Cazot is the fifth seed. Then um, he might face, if he beats Marie, Kipson or a qualifier. Then in that same section, we've got Blancano playing Per, another French matchup. As I said, a lot of French players here. And Colin Sinclair from the Northern Mariana Islands. Also, he has a wildcard here playing a qualifier. And the bottom section, we've got Jesper de Jong returning from injury, playing a qualifier. Although Jesper did actually win the uh, Dutch National Championships recently, so we know he's healthy. Uh, he is going to play Brancaccio or Droguet. And we also have Constant Lestien as the second seed, playing Mayo or Blanchet. When it comes to the qualifying in Numea, um, yeah, just like in Canberra, you know, the, 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 the qualies, even though it was strong, it was weaker than Canberra. 
in Numea, uh, yeah, the qualifying actually has a huge discrepancy in terms of the quality of players compared to um, the main draw. Who can we really name here as like a potential um, deep run? Maybe Hiroki Moriya if he has a great showing. You know, Mikhailai Haliak made the final last year in the Chinese swing, but otherwise I doubt we're going to have a qualifier here who's going to go deep. Um, definitely an interesting matchup in actually just a few hours from when I'm recording this is Rubin Statham against Toshihide Matsui. Oh yeah, because I should mention this, I am recording this on Saturday, uh, so before the qualifying has even started. Usually the Challenger pod has to be recorded like Sunday evening Europe time after all the finals are done, but this time I, I have a bit more leeway, so I'm recording this even before the first round of the qualifying. Um, actually just like an hour or something until the first ball of the 2023 Challenger, 2024 Challenger season gets played. But anyway, when it comes to the Open Nouvelle Caledonie, as it's called, um, who is the favorite here? To me, I really like the chances of Artur Cazot. Um A friend of mine suggested to me that Jules Marie is actually a dangerous opponent in the opening round. I think Marie has been exposed a bit at the Challenger level and if Cazot cannot beat him, that wouldn't exactly bode too well for his 2024 and you know his progress going forward. So um, yeah, I like I like the draw for Cazot. I think Patrick Kipson, we all know him as the hero of Australian of uh, French Open and Australian Open wildcard challenges. But I don't think he's gonna cut it here at this event either. Really, not against Cazot at least. And uh, yeah, after that, it, it's kind of okay for him until the semis. I think. Uh, if he gets to the semis, then someone like De Jong, Lestien, maybe even Mayo, that would be fun because Mayo and Kazo was actually uh, an Australian Open final in the juniors a few years back. But yeah, I, I like the draw here in the early rounds for uh, the young Frenchman. He is one of my top 100 picks for 2024. I still have a lot of belief in him. So um, where else you know, would it be a good possibility to pick up points than in this Challenger 100, which is pretty weak actually for for all Challenger 100s. If we like take the average field of a Challenger 100, I think this one is usually pretty weak. This year it's actually it's actually better, I think, than in 2023. I, I think the quality of the first few seeds at least is, is actually really high. So uh, maybe it's not as big of an opportunity as it was last year when Brancaccio and Locoli were playing the final. But uh, this year, um, yeah, it's, it's probably a bit closer to Canberra, but that usually because Canberra is just closer to, you know, mainland Australia, well, it is on mainland Australia. Uh, it gets a much stronger field than, than Numea. Uh, so yeah, it's Cazo for me in Nouvelle Caledonie in, um, in Numea. For uh, Canberra, of course, I was speaking Diallo. So going full on youngsters so far. We'll see if that holds up in Nontaburi and Oeiras. So Nontaburi, as I said, is the Thai venue that we've been seeing for a couple of years now. I think 2022 was the first time we had that swing. Then it moved to January. Now it's again in January, three weeks in a row. And uh, the top seed is Denis Novak, who for the second year in a row, he decides to skip Australian Open qualifying. And he will actually just be playing the Nontaburi swing. Um, last year, I think it actually worked out very okay for him. So I totally don't mind that decision. Uh, of course, this week, uh, you know, the fact that he's in Nontaburi this week, that doesn't automatically mean that he's not going to be at the Australian Open qualifying. Uh, some players who are in the field here, they're, they're going to be in Australia. But 
Um, Denis Novak is one of these who actually decided to skip Melbourne for the second year in a row. He's playing Evgeny Donskoy, and he, by the way, is also, um, well, Shoshima Bukuro is technically the defending champion, but since we have three challengers in Nontaburi, last year it was uh, Denis Novak, Shoshima Bukuro, and Artur Kazo who won the titles. So Kazo, as we know, is in Numea this week. Uh, Shoshima Bukuro is not defending it here, and Denis Novak, uh, of course, is also like a defending champion, and actually a defending champion of that first event in Nontaburi. But anyway, he is playing Evgeny Donskoy, then Gotier on Klen or Yasutaka Uchiyama. Uh, number eight, uh, Marco Cecchinato coming back after an injury uh, on hard courts. That's going to be interesting. I mean, he has a bit of a free win, it seems, in the opening round with Maximus Jones at five wildcard. There's also Goncalo Oliveira, who sort of has been waiting for a challenger like this when, you know, maybe the field isn't as great and then he actually just uses all of that rhythm that he got on the ITF Tour and maybe has a run, maybe the best one of his career. I wonder if this can happen here. Denis Novak is definitely a problem though, but the first two rounds seem interesting for him. Uh, ridiculous matchup right away. Mattia Bellucci, Mark Layal. One of these youngsters is going to get a loss to start the season. Then we also have Pierre Igerbert potentially facing one of them in the second round or a qualifier. And I think Layal Herbert was a, a match in Bergamo, right? Last year, uh, when um, it was around October when they played in the qualifying and then played in the main draw. So that's also spicy. And we also have Tennis Sandgren playing qualifier and Kimer Kopejans in the fifth seed playing Luca Poulain. And uh, bottom half, we have Stefano Travaglia playing Laurent Locoli. As I said earlier, Locoli was last year in um, Numea as the runner up there. So this year he actually chooses Nontaburi. Then uh, one of them will face a qualifier. Uh, we have Francesco Passaro playing the best fine name ever, Vishaya Trongcharo and Chaikul, uh, the famous wildcard for um, every fly challenger in the past five years, at least. Then we also have Ivan Gakov as the fourth seed playing a qualifier. And the bottom um, quarter is also quite interesting. We have Baby Drukayev against Yuta Shimizu right away. That's a like a great sort of... And uh, I, I think a matchup that no one will be really be looking at, probably, you know, in the grand scheme of things, given the United Cup, all the all the main three events. But Zhukayev Shimizu, first round of a challenger right now. I think that's really exciting. We also have Yusufsu playing Mate Valkus. And then Zdenek Kolash has this interesting section at the bottom where he faces Kassidit Samrei. And his second round opponent can be Clement Tabur or Brandon Holt. Uh, when it comes to the qualifying, there are actually quite a few good names here. You've got Song Chan Hong playing Nick Hart in the um, first round. I mean, Akira Santian against Hadi Habib, that's pretty good as well. We've got uh, Valentin Vashro, who also won a non-Taburi challenger, but that was in 2022. We've got Manuel Guinard. I think this this one section at the bottom is my favorite because we might have Luca Pui and Chunsin Seng playing each other in the second round. But also there's Bernie Tomic. Uh, and his section looks very doable. So if someone like Tomic or maybe a healthy Luka Pui or maybe Vashro makes the main draw, they could have some chances here, you know, to, to go deep, depending on the spot where they land. Then again, uh, provided that, for example, Oliveira doesn't get a strong qualifier, I would say he has a good chance for a run. So, um, yeah, it's not obvious. Um, I don't like the fact that Bellucci and Layal are playing right away. I mean, I like the fact that we will get to watch this match, but, uh, yeah, it just seems very unpredictable and it definitely seems rough for both players to get each other, for both very talented youngsters. 
Um, so what am I going for here? The third section seems pretty weak, but do I trust Travaria to play five matches in a row on a solid level? Probably not. The last few months tell us that this rarely happens for him. Um, but yeah, it's a great section for him. It could be Locori as well. Who knows? Uh, maybe a qualifier who lands in that one. Uh, but I think looking at that whole thing, I think I'm just going to go with the boring answer of Denis Novak, you know? As I said, Novak started last year really well. Um, he um, chooses to play the three-week swing in Nontaburi instead of the Australian Open qualies. He made it work for him last year. It was that Vilnius injury of uh, to his ankle that sort of destroyed his season. But the start was good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like he should go pretty deep. If he plays on Clem in the second round, maybe with even Uchiyama. That's not, that's not obvious. That's not easy. But obviously he's a quality player, he has been in the top 100, he has been in the thereabouts of the top 100 for many years now. Um, yeah, it's it's not a pick I'm fully comfortable with, like there's definitely a few other guys that I would like to mention, but um, all of them have some issues in their draw. For example, like Valkus, I could go for him, but it's also Mate Valkus, so like is he gonna be healthy is always a case. Zhukayev Shimizu round one. Uh, Bellucci, Layal, obviously. Like, if Layal was in a different section and didn't have to play Bellucci right away, I probably would have been going Layal. Uh, but as it stands, I'm actually going to go with the boring answer, and that's the top seed, Denis Novak. And one more challenger we have to talk about is in Oeiras, a challenger 50. And the top seed is actually Henrique, Henrique Rocha. Uh, that's quite wild, right? I mean, Henrique Rocha's run... Uh, the rise to um, the sort of ranking that he has right now, which is about the top 250. Uh, this was a little under, like, like it, it, it wasn't really on our radars, right? Because it wasn't done through challenger results. He only played, let me tell you, nine challengers last year. Which is actually pretty high, a pretty high number, right? I mean, oh, sorry, 10 challengers last year. But why I said only is because he only won one match in the major. Sorry, not two matches in the major. But he was on fire on the ITF tour, picking up six titles. And at the age of 19, he is in the top 250, which makes him eligible for these new programs by the ATP, right? To players 20 and under. If you want to listen to me talking about that whole thing and how it works, uh, the previous episode of the of the Challenger pod will give it to you. So the Monday before the one that this one, this episode was released. Anyway, um, I remember him mostly, honestly, from that uh, qualifying run that he had in Estoril beating Peniston and Valkus. I don't know if he's quite this good yet. You know, top 250, it seems a little extreme for me. But maybe right now, you know, we're going to get him on the Challenger Tour a lot. Maybe he's going to change my mind very quickly. Um, it's possible. I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. So, and by the way, Arthur Fils is the defending champion in Oeiras, but of course he's not going to be playing a Challenger 50 at the moment. In fact, he would not even be eligible, not even with a wildcard. But anyway, Enrique Rocha, the top seed, he plays Tyson Kwiatkowski. We've got Lorenzo Giustino playing Mikhail Rubensky. Toby Kodat playing Matthias Borg and then Thiago Pereira are a qualifier. Cem Ilkal is the third seed playing Sebastian Fanslow. I think Ilkal is defending a lot of points in this Oirash swing. Then also Vilnius, uh, generally like the first two months of the year. Then Gastao Elias plays a qualifier. Um, Gastao Elias, you know, always peaks in Portugal, but is he also going to peak indoors? Who knows? 
Michael Hertz plays Jaime Faria and then Maximilian Neukrist or Ethan Quinn. Ethan Quinn here, by the way, on the college accelerator. I think that's really interesting. Of course, Ethan has already gradu- well, graduated. He decided to skip his uh, remaining years of eligibility GoPro right after winning the NCAA title. So he's using the accelerator to sort of kickstart his pro career. Uh, then we also have Valentin Royer as the sixth seed playing Charles Broom. And then Gabriel De Bru or a qualifier. I remember De Bru did pretty well as well in this in this event last year. Aidan Mayo plays a qualifier. And then Tristan Lamazine or the fourth seed Maxime Jonvier. We've got Andrian Andreev facing Max Kashnikovsky in the opening round. That's pretty huge uh, for both players, I think. Then a qualifier or João Dominguez. And two players with protected rankings face each other. And that's Alvarez Varona and Paul Job. Nicolas Alvarez Varona, of course. Alvarez Varona, he only played a few matches after returning. He was again not too fit. So I don't know how high my expectations should be. Paul Job, I would expect him to win that one because he was in better shape. He got some ITF semis. He won uh, 15K. It was a weak event, but still he ended the 2024 season on a high note. I think it was in Ceuta, one of the... Um, enclaves that um, Spain has in Morocco and uh, Joao Souza is also there as the second seed playing a qualifier and he's the projected rival for Jab so that's that that's what's kind of stopping me from saying Jab will go deep because Joao Souza is still uh, capable you know when well, from time to time he unleashes the ridiculous quality that he still possesses and obviously from you know back in the day used to present like in every match uh but yeah looking at uh, the qualifying as well uh, i'm very excited to see how martin Pavelski will do he's playing egor gerasimov um you guys might know or maybe you weren't following his results but the second half of the year for martin was pretty horrible so he's gonna have some huge itf titles to defend um, I think he was actually a guy who it's a, it's a real shame that he missed out on the first uh, challenger accelerator because at that sort of stage of his career where he is right now I think these eight challenger qualifying appearances last year this was exactly what he needed he didn't get that uh, but yeah we'll see how he recovers from that uh, certainly around the summer he still had a challenger adjacent level at least but then it all fell apart with some minor injuries as well uh, we've got the brother of Enrique Rocha, Francisco, as well, playing Jay Clark, who recently has been uh, picking up some form. I think it was two years ago when he reached the final in Forli at the beginning of the season. Uh, also an indoor event. Maybe something like this will happen again to him. Uh, Ken Kingsley playing here as well. That's interesting. Playing Daniel Glinka in the opening round. So that's a huge qualities round one matchup. Lucas Gerch facing Noah Rubin. Uh, Vadim Ursu, uh, the player who returned after three years, I didn't even remember him in Kozerki last year, and suddenly is like playing the best tennis of his career. And uh, yeah, Kenny Deshepper, the legend, I think he also was in Oirash last year, doing pretty well. Alastar Gray, also coming back after some uh, injuries, but winning um, some ITF titles recently facing another Brit in Anton Matusevic. So the qualifying is actually pretty strong. Um, perhaps not the first seed, for example. Oh, actually, Vincent Ruggeri. Uh, probably there are stronger players in the qualifying, but there are some names that could do well, but it's not a given whatsoever. So I think for the winner picks, we have to stick with the main draw. As I said, I'm unconvinced yet by the fact that Enrique Rocha is in the top 250. I think it might be a little too high, for now at least. Uh, but I'm excited to check out if that's actually true or not. 
but that's why I'm not going to be picking him. And in general, the top half looks extremely random. Like, it literally could be anyone out of these players to, to make the final. Uh, Ethan Quinn is, is a bit of a pick that, that really actually, surprisingly, attracts me quite a lot. Uh, but I think I'm just going to go with a lower half, bottom half player. Then again, it's it's tough to predict who's going to do it, you know? You know what? Let's go wild with a youngster. I actually didn't pick him to break the top 100 this year. Uh, but I like the first two rounds. Well, I, I, I guess Valentin Royer is a player I have a lot of respect for, but he hasn't been providing the results recently. So I'm sort of going to skip him in this and go with Gabriel De Bru. Uh, even though he might play Royer in the second round. Uh, Lamazine or Jean-Vier in the quarters, that's pretty tough. Uh, but obviously De Bru, you know, he has a very solid base to build upon. I have no clue how his game is going to look in a year or two from now. Uh, I think he's still very much learning the sort of professional tennis landscape and uh, learning things about his game as well. Not only, you know, what's happening on the tour, uh, but... You know, there's no denying that he has a lot of potential. He has made a final before at the Challenger 50 as well. I think it was Prague last year or Augsburg, one of these two that were uh, being played in the same week. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Gabriel De Bru. Um, it's a bit of a surprising pick to me because usually I say that for now De Bru is also like some of his results are better than what his game actually presents at the moment. Um, but to me, he's like a pretty solid pick in this draw, actually. Um, I think this is a level where he could succeed and it's just so hard to pick someone from that bottom quarter where I initially wanted to go because you have Andreev, because you have Job, because you have Souza, because you have even Kashnikovsky. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. So I'm just going to go Gabriel De Bru. And that was actually a very youngster heavy selection from me today, right? Ga Artur Cazo, Gabriel De Bru, uh, Gabriel Diallo, two Gabriels. <laughs> I don't think I could have made it this a theme though, right? Um, I think I would probably struggle to find a player who was also named Gabriel in Nontaburi or uh, Numeo, right? We've got Goffier on clan in Nontaburi, Goncalo Oliveira. Yeah, I, I don't see any Gabriels, but that would be funny if, if I managed to land that. I actually have four players named uh, Gabriel or Gabriel, or you know, depending on the country, but I don't think that was possible, unfortunately. So anyway, these were my picks for week one. Uh, I hope you guys are excited. I certainly am. In fact, in about 30 minutes from when I'm recording this, the first matches are going to start in Canberra. I don't know yet which one it will be because there are three on the same court at the same time. But unless there's a rain delay, it will likely be either Mateo Gigante, Edward Winter. Pablo Yamas-Ruiz, Alex Bolt, or um, Matthew Christopher, I think is his name. Right, Matthew Christopher, Romios, or Rudolf Molecker. One of these three matches will likely begin the 2024 Challenger season, unless we have some rain delays, and then maybe it's actually Numea, which, which is going to step in. Uh, but yeah, as, as usual, uh, I am so pumped up for it. There's already been United Cup action, which has also given me a lot of excitement, you know, ahead of the new season. But now that we have the ATP Tour and the ATP Challenger Tour, this will feel like, you know, more like the tennis we know, love, and sometimes hate when you basically have 24 hours, uh, seven weeks. Uh, so what am I talking about? 24 hours, seven days in a week. You have the action just constantly. And basically, whichever 
whatever time it is really whatever time of the day you decide to watch some tennis there's always going to be something on and um perhaps in this in this first week of the season we might be lacking like a bit of a south american or north american challenger or an event to cover for the evening europe time but in the second week of the season there's gonna be buenos aires so <laughs> anyway keep tuning into the, uh, the the podcast of course this episode was a little bit shorter because it's just the previews but um next week we're going to be back to the regular schedule of reviewing recapping whatever we've seen talking about the action the players the main um breakthroughs the main uh, actors on the stage and then we're going to um, preview the challengers for the week ahead so yeah again thank you for listening uh thank you for tuning in into this pretty unique episode that we have every single year where it's just the previews and uh i'll see you guys in seven days bye